Dairy. See? Past Caitlin. Fucking it up for me. No! Don't say that. Don't be mean to Past Caitlin. Okay. She's the best. Hey, everybody. Happy Hi. New Year. Happy New Year. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Kate. Happy New Year. How's uh, How's 2018 treating you so far? Not bad, I guess. Yeah. I mean, two days in, no real complaints other than this weather, but oh my it's New God. England for you, right? Holy crap. Says. Um, apparently, in my city, we're going to be getting 8 to 12 inches on Thursday. Yeah, it says sex. Sex. Oh, my God. Oh, girl. So in- oh, my goodness. 6 to 12 for us. God damn. Well, right? here's hoping for a snow day. I know. I would love Thursday off, Mm-mm. Friday delay. Oh, yeah, girl. Friday delay, right? Fuck yeah. Mm. I mean, this is a nor'easter. It could happen. You could have two days off. I know. I know. I don't like to make up that many days at the end of the school year. Oh, yeah. You have to do that. But I wouldn't mind. That's why I like delays mm. and early releases. Yeah. Yeah. I love that's an true. early release followed by a snow day. That's pretty nice. That's a good one. That's that's better, in my opinion, than two days off. Because usually by the second day, you're like, ugh. You're ready, yeah. I could have been at work today. Yeah. This is stupid. Um, I've had this whole week off, so I've been a complete sloth. Good um, for you. But I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of ready to go back to work. I feel like it's like, it gets to a point where you do nothing for so long that it just starts feeling like depression. I said yeah. that to Liz today. I'm like know. ready. I'm like ready to go back. <laughs> You're skeptical. Yeah, I'm pretty skeptical. I um, am enjoying the break or I enjoyed it I should say I didn't even I actually like forgot about work which is never it was almost like I blacked out (laughs) after I left work like I don't even really remember Friday afternoon or leaving or coming home and like all of a sudden on Friday a few few couple days a couple days ago I was like oh my god I have to go back to work oh speaking of blackouts pineapple incident yes um, we will get into that. We are going to talk about the pineapple incident today, but I did want to talk about another incident before we get into the fun stuff. Yes. Um, Caitlin, you've heard about what happened with Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. I've never been a fan. I don't even really know who he, he I, is. Yeah. Like I've, I've heard of him, but and then I didn't want to click on any of his uh, yeah, don't links bother. to see who he was. You know? Yeah. Um, he came up through Disney. I think I think iCarly, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, he has like 15 million plus subscribers on YouTube and it's mostly children, um, of course. mostly young girls and he's an adult man and uh, he made a really tasteless, terrible, um, scary, frightening video that disrespected, um, a dead person, a dead person's family, mm-hmm. um, an entire forest in Japan. So I don't want to say too much about it, but I do want to say that if you're out there and you see kids defending um, Logan Paul on the internet, just be, be compassionate to those children. Mm -hmm. Show them that you're better than Logan Paul and maybe help point them in the direction of some new cool content creators because they don't need to be called idiots. You know, they're like, they're like 10 or 11 years old and they don't, they don't know any better. Yeah. They don't, they don't, so you know just just be nice to them if you're gonna take shit out on somebody take it out on logan um but yeah but also you know 
make time for some make time for some fun in the new year. Yes. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. That's all I'm going to say about him, but um just be kind. Be kind to each other and yeah. and support and support people that are making good, empathetic, genuine content. Um like us. <laughs> hey, nice little plug there. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um so yeah, that's that's about it for that. And you know, in that line and thinking, like if you maybe want to subscribe to our podcast, how could you do that, Kate? Oh, it's super easy. Uh, you can get our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, and if you don't know, we are basically binging How I Met Your Mother and recapping every single episode and reviewing it. So check us out on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And every episode, we talk about our legendary moment at the end of the show. And we ask you guys to send yours in. And we actually have one for last week Woo-hoo! that came in a little bit late um, from Allie on Twitter, mm-hmm. at Geektastically, spelled like you would think it's spelled. This is from The Duel, which was two episodes ago. Um, and Allie says, I tried to pick a legendary moment in this episode, and it's just too hard. We agree. It's such a good episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I use the future alley reference in my everyday, so I'd have to go with that because of that. Love it. So true. And you know what? Actually, that's kind of my New Year's resolution is to not piss off future Caitlin so much. Ooh, good one. Like, just don't. Don't make, do that. Make her proud. Make her proud. Yeah, of make us feel really proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. uh <laughs> that's kind of my new year's resolution that's don't fuck one. up so much yeah and when i read that i was like "Ooh, caitlin talked a lot about uh future and past caitlin so i knew you'd like that yeah loved it all right so we are going to get into today's episode which is the pineapple incident Woohoo! Woohoo! all right so this is season one episode 10 the pineapple incident it originally aired on November 28th, 2005. The director is Pamela Fryman, and we have Carter Bays as the writer for this episode. And this is the first time that we've seen the creators writing since episode two. Wow. Or like being the lead writer, at least. Yeah. Um, and throughout this uh, review and recap, uh, I'll be peppering in some commentary from the, from the creators, from Carter Bays and Craig Thomas, because... This is one of the episodes on a box set that has audio commentary. Awesome. You know, yeah. Santa brought my son a box set. <gasps> your mother. Dude. You know, it's just something I also kind of wanted. But uh, <laughs> Good job, Santa. Yeah, Santa. Always coming through. Um, yeah, and I just haven't had the chance to break it out yet. Plus, it's it wasn't my gift, and so mm-hmm. I'm kind of waiting for well, yeah, first, and but. and we didn't have a DVD player, so I wasn't, you know, like breaking my neck to try and find a way to watch it on the DVD. But um, on your what do you have PS4? Yeah, Liz just got us one with some yeah. leftover wedding money or wedding gift cards. Um, so we've only missed a couple that have had audio commentary. So every season seems to have a handful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will be watching those and we'll let you know what I find out. Some little secret things that you won't find on Wikipedia and other places. Awesome. So let's do it. Um, yeah, so this actually, this episode is like the most watched episode according to some Netflix data and was the highest rated um, until the finale, which, I mean, no shade. I love this episode. I was like, why? Like, why this one? Well, 
on the commentary. <gasps> yeah. We didn't even plan this. We didn't even plan this. I know. It's perfect <laughs> transition. So on the commentary, um, I don't remember who it was talking. I think it was Craig said that this episode is one of the earliest ideas they had. So when they first pitched the show, they had to have like five episodes sort of right. conceptualized. And this was one of the earliest ones they did. And he, they said, it might have been Carter or both of them, whatever. They, they, this is like an episode that epitomizes what they love about How I Met Your Mother and it sort of served as a template for a lot of other episodes. I would agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, they said that, you know, the playing with time and chronology and um, the fact that every character has a piece of the story for it yeah. to make sense. So all of that stuff is is classic How I Met Your Mother. And that's probably a big reason why it's so popular. Because it just feels, it really feels like the show, you know? Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Huh. Right? How about that? Yeah. So this episode starts with just a voiceover from Future Ted. No more kids. Not mad yeah. about it. Yeah. Not mad about that. Um, and he's talking about how he remembers a lot, but there is one particular story that he doesn't remember, and it's something that Uncle Marshall has referred to as the pineapple incident, which is kind of a an interesting yeah. title if you think about it. Um, pretty intriguing. So flashback to 2005, and of course, everyone is at McLaren's, and Carl comes by with a tray of shots called the Red Dragon and says they're on the house. And Lily kind of makes an offhand remark about um, them looking like blood, mm-hmm. which is perfect transition and mm-hmm. spot for Marshall then to bring up his Carl is a vampire theory. One that the group Black. has sort of like dispelled before. Yes, he's, he's like, come he's on, guys, on I know it. you've laughed about it before, <laughs> but like, really, think about it. He only wears black and they never see him in the daytime. So clearly, he's a vampire. Yeah, definitely not a bartender, as Robin says. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not, because that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, so Robin says uh, she's got to get up and leave. She's got a date. And Ted's like, where are you going, buddy? Oh, I was like, so uh, obvious. Yeah. So obvious. Enough. Um, And and she's saying that she's got a date, kind of downplaying it, but Lily's kind of blowing up her spot, saying she's got a date with a billionaire. (laughs) And Robin's like, come on. You know, he's a hundred millionaire, all right, which is really no better. No. At all. And uh, where does she meet these guys? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I mean, she's not, I mean, she's not famous yet. No. She's just scooping up hundred millionaires. I don't know. And she's a little brat like she's a little braggy about it. Yeah. Like oh, yeah, she- without trying to be. Like yeah. God. Oh God. He's a hundred millionaire. Get it right. Humble brag. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh Ted makes a Thurston Hell joke, which of course refers to Gilligan's Island. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's taking her to a 1500 plate charity dinner, not $2,000, Lily. God, Lily. Uh, and Barney's like, well, obviously the only reason he's doing that is because he is expecting something. <sighs> I mean, he might not be wrong. That's right, the same no. thing, you know? Barney kind of understands human nature, like the basis aspects of human nature. So yeah, I wouldn't definitely. put it past well, whoever this guy is. Yeah, this hundred billionaire. And so she leaves, and Marshall's like, are you all right? 
you know, girl of your dreams is dating a billionaire. And Ted's like, stop rounding up. Just like Robin said, like, he's mm-hmm. only a hundred millionaire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ted's kind of like, she's not the girl of my dreams. You know, I want to settle down and she doesn't. And it wouldn't work because we're friends. And Barney starts snoring. Yeah. Obviously bored with, with this storyline as are we. Yeah. I, I mean, no one buys just it. Just kidding. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's just like, come on, Ted. No one buys yeah. it. But and this is also the first time that they've sort of brought the Robin storyline back around. Like mm-hmm. there was a break for a while, like since the last time the creators wrote. Oh, episode yeah. two we haven't really seen this so like it kind of felt it kind of felt like I had kind of forgotten that he was pursuing her you know what I right. mean because it didn't feel like it and then you know they're kind of reminding us that this is sort of a central mm-hmm. like a central thing um quick note about Carl the bartender Ooh, what? so Joe Nieves who is the bartender Carl yes. apparently was supposed to be a cop in the pilot oh really um, yeah, and he showed this is just so sweet. He showed up to the shoot in his own police outfit. Oh my god. Like he wasn't like he didn't wasn't my thinking heart about wardrobe. Is breaking. Dude, so the scene got cut. Oh no. And he was so sad that they gave him the role of the bartender for the pilot, which was supposed to just be like a one off. Yeah. And oh, then they ended up god. making it like a series regular, like a recurring role. My heart is like bursting. I, I know. I know. Oh. So sweet, right? Um, some other notes from that from that portion of the scene. Um, so the bar, as as a lot of people know, is based on a bar in New York City. Um, mm-hmm. What I didn't know is the reason they were living in New York City is they were writing for David Letterman. Oh. So they wrote for Letterman too, as well as like one of the other writers that we've yeah. we've seen so far. Um, so that would explain all the Letterman jokes. Yes. That we see throughout the series. Um, and apparently, so the bar's still open. It's McGee's on 55th Street. Huh. And they've totally thrown themselves into, like, the How I Met Your Mother thing. And I don't know why we haven't gone, besides the fact that we thinking... don't enjoy going anywhere. <laughs> Especially not to a city. But... Yeah, come on. Um, One but... time, Kate and I thought we were going to stay for a weekend Hilarious. in the city. Hilarious. <laughs> we didn't even make it one night. We are like, yo, there's a train at, like, 1130. We, I think we got on like the 8.30, didn't we? Oh, my we? God. Like we wanted to yeah, be, we did. That's true. We were done with the Oof. day. We're like, let's go. My uncle, who's been in Manhattan for forever, is like, I want to show you around. I want to take you over. We're like, we're tired. Dude, you did a lot. Yeah. He's like, oh, you country mice. I was like, yeah, guilty as charged. That, that he always calls me a country mouse every time we come he to see him. He's so like, come cute. on, my little. Isn't he? Oh, I love him. He's the best. Um, so yeah, so that's why they're in New York and the mural behind them specifically, apparently is one that they sort of copied from, from McGee's. So if you're ever in Manhattan, go to the bar, um, report back. Yeah. And report back. And the last item is about a fucking blazer. If you can believe it. So apparently the jacket that we see Ted wearing another version of a, of a blazer, basically like a thin corduroy jacket. Um, we see later that shit happens to it, but apparently there was a double of that jacket and Craig Thomas, one of the creators actually basically stole that jacket. And why, why would you want that? He says he still wears it to this day. Now to this day on the commentary was like, Oh, six, probably tops. But I would be interested to know if he's, if he's still rocking that jacket. Maybe I'll tweet him about it. Very cool. Um, yeah. So Ted's 
going on about how he's just friends with Robin and Barney's kind of snoring and it's like, hey, check out that girl at table nine and makes a comment about her basically being half boobs <sighs> and is like, let's go hit on him. And the pickup line he's going to use is daddy's home. Oh, everyone's favorite. Daddy's home. Every girl. I, c- I can't even do that. it how he does it. Yeah. Like, Ugh. oh, daddy's home. So gross. Gross. Yep. Marshall is still coming up with his theories about Carl being a vampire. And he's like, think about it. There's not even one menu item with garlic. Lily reminds uh, Marshall that there's actually garlic fries. And he's like, all right, just give me a few minutes. Like, come up with something else. Come up with another argument. And um, so then, you know, daddy comes back with surprisingly a number on a napkin. And he tells Ted, like, you know, you just got to stop thinking so much. He overthinks everything. I mean, mm-hmm. they talk about tedding out and tedding up. And yeah. And when he does that, Barney tells him that he ruins everything. And he wants Ted to do, do, do. And then Marshall laughs. It's like, do, do. do. <laughs> Which will never not be funny. But. Yeah. Um, and then Ted is like, I can't help it. I have a very powerful brain. Barf. <laughs> Like, come on. Yeah. That's so gross. Like, yeah. a very powerful brain. Yeah. Okay, cool. Good for you. <laughs> and, uh, but of course, you know, Barney has a plan and he puts one of Carl's free shots in front of him. He's like, I, you know, I can help you with this. And Marshall goes, interesting. <laughs> and Barney says, you know, your brain screws up, it gets in the way. You got to power down that bucket of neuroses, inebriation style. Love that line. I, me too. Me one. too. I really loved it. And Ted's like, all right, what? You want me to do a shot? No. He wants Ted to do five shots. Bang. And I love Marshall's like, ooh, more interesting. <laughs> and, you know, everyone agrees. He overthinks. And now, he as Marshall says, overdrink. Exactly. And they start chanting, drink, 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 drink. And Ted appeals to Lily for some help. The moral she's like, compass. Oh, Normally. Yeah, the moral compass of the group, and <clears throat> she's like, you know, you're right, Ted. You should, you know, you shouldn't listen to these guys. They're being stupid and drink, drink. And so she is totally on board, and they start chanting. And every time he takes a shot, they cheer. And I love when Barney goes, "I love it, I love it, I love it." After the third shot, that was apparently an an improv by Neil Patrick Harris. <gasps> oh, stop! Yeah, of and, course it was. And the creators are like, that. "Oh, I love that line." So. Me too. Ted says, you know, and he doesn't remember anything after that. Mm-hmm. You know, after he does a shot, there's like this hazy memories kind of thing. And I had read online that it was reminiscent of uh, the opening of Doctor Who with oh. like the time vortex. And you can kind of hear the TARDIS whoosh, whoosh in the no- noise in the background. Interesting. Um, and I love Doctor Who and I like the time vortex thing sort of reminded me of it, but I didn't hear the TARDIS noise. I had to listen really, really carefully and I mm. can kind of make it out, but that was exciting for me. Was not mentioned in the commentary, but that's cool. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Ted says he doesn't remember anything after that, except waking up the next morning with a girl and a pineapple. And apparently there was a debate of where to put the pineapple. Oh, they thought of putting it in the bed with them, but they didn't want people to think that they had been, like, using the pineapple sexually. Uh, yep. So that's why they went with the, the nightstand. And, and Craig was like, not to, you know, shame any pineapple fetishists out there. <laughs> it's so sweet. So that was definitely I like an the issue placement of it on the 
on the nightstand because yeah. Ted kind of like opens his eyes, looks up, and the first thing he sees is the pineapple. Yeah. So I have a question for you. What is it? Have you ever blacked out? Yeah. <laughs> like a lot? No, just like twice. Yeah. It's scary as fuck. Have you? No. I, I mean, I feel like I've gotten close, but I usually remember everything, though. We, my, mo- my most recent blackout, <laughs> like once was like early college. Yeah. You hung out with me then. The good old days. Oh, yeah. Um, Caitlin got me drunk for the first time. Laying on the floors of the Stop and Shop bathroom. Oh, my God. I was such a fucking mess. We all were. It's oh, fun. God. Anyway, so <laughs> during that era, very hazy memories. Mm. Um, but Chris and I were in Philly for a Flyers game, and it was like our anniversary, and we had... Um, driven down we were staying in this super nice hotel hadn't eaten like all day oh, we no. hit up <laughs> i know we go and we get um drinks at the hotel like at the bar we're drinking and tossing back uh jmos and ginge mm-hmm. and then we got in the cab to go out for dinner and like i remember ordering a drink at dinner and like that was kind of it like oh, i don't know oh my god scary it's real scary and i woke up in the a pitch black hotel room but i opened my eyes and i couldn't see anything <gasps> oh my god i hate that i was just like it was just black everywhere and it was just like oh my god and i'm like this isn't my bed it smells weird like this is like the wrong feeling like what's going on and and chris like are you okay are you okay oh. like where am i like what the fuck <laughs> he's like you drank way too much way too fast and you didn't eat and this is what happens. You're too old. You can't do this. Consequences, bitch. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> and I remember, like, the next morning, I got up to shower. Well, also, I was, like, laying in bed. Like, I had showered at some point because, like, my hair was kind of wet still. Like, he took care <coughs> of me. Like, Aww. got me undressed, helped me shower, and, like, whatever. Um, but the next morning, like, I got up. And showered and like went to grab a towel and I saw I'm like oh my god these towels are gross they're dirty like this one has black shit all over it it was I was trying to take off my mascara I guess oh god <laughs> just, like, mascara all over this one towel but Shit. I don't remember doing that at all Oy vey. that's, that's not a really good blackout story but <laughs> my blackout I couldn't remember taking off my <laughs> mascara we're fun people Ted is lying in bed between a pineapple and a girl and all these questions start surfacing. How much did I drink last night? How did I sprain my ankle? Which he realizes when he gets out of the bed. It's always fun mm-hmm. to wake up and be like, why does this hurt? Yeah. Um, and who is this girl in my bed? So instead of tapping the lovely lady on the shoulder and finding out, he runs... Like a normal person. Yeah, like a normal person. He runs out of the room. And it should be said, she's a brunette mm-hmm. brunette white girl you know instant instantly you think it's robin right yeah. i mean she has like the same kind of wavy hair um and you see lily and marshall they're up and dressed feeling good clearly they Looking went to bed great. they went to bed early and well rested well rested you know just doing a crossword just living life like adults um and they fill ted in on most of the night or what they know of it um and then we get 
the flashback to the very beginning of what he doesn't remember. So this is what um, Carter and Craig were saying about every character is needed to tell the whole story because Ted doesn't have all the information. So the first thing we see is Carl coming over to ask how the shots are. And Ted says, I drank all five, bitch. (laughs) Every time it makes me laugh because Carl could beat Ted into the ground. Yeah. And he's like, not an exaggeration. Yeah, he's kind of like a tough guy. So every time he says that, I'm like, oh my God. You said that to Carl. Um, And then also immediately says, Marshall thinks you're a vampire. So he's just like pushing poor Carl's buttons immediately. Yeah. Feeling, an yeah, feeling real, real proud of himself. Um, apparently, the vampire reference was not an intentional nod to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. Which Allison Hannigan was on. But after they filmed it, um, Allison uh, wishes she had looked really intently at Carl and said, He's not. I can tell. <laughs> like, you use her. Oh, vampire that would have been really good. Right? Just be like, no. Yeah, damn. Yeah. Oh, that would have been like really strange, like two universes colliding. I know. Like, oh my god, I would have died. The Buffy verse, and I would have died for like one, just one little one of those. Like, <gasps> yeah, they're apparently huge fans. They said, um, and we also know that later on, Jason Siegel, Siegel. Why do I call him Jason Siegel? <laughs> like Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Um, Jason Siegel writes. A rock opera about a vampire and forgetting Sarah Marshall. So there's a couple, yeah. a couple of vampire uh, connections there. Um, so everyone thinks that, or Carl says, you know, if he pukes, you got to clean it up. And Ted tells everybody that he's vomit free since '93. And I was wondering, and wow, isn't he funny? He's so funny. He's so funny. <laughs> you hate him. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I can't pretend. Um, so I was wondering, is this drinking-wise or all together? I mean, either way, it's it's pretty good. And drinking-wise, I was vomit-free since 2003, which was when I had my first drunk experience. <laughs> um, and I was all the way up until late 20s. Oh, damn, girl. Good for you. Rough, Not me. Rough breakup. And, you know, I like to blame it on the Wendy's that was on top of all of that at like oh. 3 in the morning. You know what I mean? Yeah. We had that Uber driver go through fucking Wendy's. <gasps> Bless them. That's a good idea. Bless them. Bless. I know. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the only time that I've thrown up from, from drinking. One time. Pretty proud of that. That's pretty good. Right? One time, one of the times I vomited from drinking. <laughs> oh my God, it, t- it sounds like a, like a drinking problem. I oh really God, know. I no. don't. <laughs> like, it's one of the times I blacked out. It's fine. One of the times I vomited. Um, I had been eating... I. I I just really like to eat, um, but I had been eating a lot of Tostitos, mm-hmm. like a corn chip. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so just think about like when you chew and swallow, like a lot of that coming oh. back. <laughs> oh, that's really rough. It's always it the like, food, though, right? It's always the food. It's For me, it was more like I ate like many hamburgers and should not mm. have done that. Oh, I really want some <clears throat> Wendy's nuggets. Oh. Nice JBC. Nice JBC. <gasps> oh, right love the JBC. Oh. Just kiss my fingers, listeners. Oh my god, I do chef's kiss all oh. the time. <laughs> of course, the first thing Ted does after getting blackout is want to call Robin. Yep, because of course he is. Because the drunk di- the drunk dial is uh it's hard to resist. And it, why? I don't know. <sighs> I saw a thing that was saying like in 2018. We're not drunk dialing our exes. We're drunk dialing our best friends and telling them how amazing they are. Oh, which I think is so sweet. 
That's great. I like that way better. Me Let's too. I'm going to do that. Do that in, in 2018, friends. When you get drunk, don't call your stupid ex. They're an ex for call a reason. Friend. Call your best yeah. friend and tell them all the things you can't tell them when you're sober. I love you so much. Be that drunk girl in the bathroom that's really nice to everybody. Yes. Right? Who loves your outfit right? and your shoes. Right? Your hair looks great. Be that And girl. that wingtip eyeliner. Oh. Phenomenal. Love it. Um, so Marshall and Lily try to stop Ted from calling Robin, but Barney jumps in and says he should be able to do what he wants. But hold on, before that, so Marshall tells him it's bad I- bad idea jeans. And that is a reference to a skit from SNL from like the early 90s, David Spade, oh, Bill Hartman, Mike Myers. Cool. And it's like this weird uh, group of guys and, and they're on like bleachers outside and they're stretching and they keep saying stuff and then it cuts to black and it says bad jeans. So one of the guys, Phil Hartman says, I thought about it. And even though it's over, I'm going to tell my wife about the affair. <laughs> black, bad, bad idea jeans. Oh my God. Um, so that's what that was referencing. I, I feel like I never even caught that. I, I thought he just sort of like trailed off saying something. So that's cool. Comment here. Cause I say bad news bears a lot. Like, Oh, that's bad news mm. bears. Um, but I like bad idea jeans. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try that out this year. Good, do it, do it to it, do it to it, Lars. Do it to it, Lars. Heavyweights, watch out if you have kids. They try to stop him. Barney wants him to do whatever he wants. So again, it's like Barney is the id who just wants people to yeah. do the thing that they want to do. And you know, when you're drunk, you're basically all your id. It's just all about what you want, like that pleasure mm-hmm. principle right now. Um, so Barney, you know, reminds the group that that's the point of getting drunk. You do things sober you wouldn't do. And then Lily says, says every girl you've ever slept with. And Marshall and Lily have this little like, but um, that they do kind of thing. Like that, like she hasn't even gotten the whole line out. And Marshall's like, oh, and he puts his arm up and they do like a high five because he knows. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love it. So good. Um, and then we cut to Ted calling Robin. She's in a limo in a sparkly dress. On a date, which he knows, so it's on rude. On a date, on a very important date. I don't know why she answered the phone, but then again, it's 2005 and we answered our phones. Right. You know. Now, even if I'm at home on the couch doing nothing, someone calls Ugh. me, it's getting sent a voicemail. Well, I'll just silence it so you don't feel, yeah. you know, like totally shafted that I definitely don't want to pick up the phone, but just know I don't want to yeah. answer it. Yeah. Oh, we all There's know when we get the fuck you button. Yeah. So oh, it's like the worst. Two rings. It's like, wow. Like, wow. So okay. Like okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Ted tells her that he's vomit free since 93. Robin is initially impressed, but then she slowly starts sort of getting a little creeped out by him. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. And Ted goes off complimenting her, saying, you know, like, you're great. And you should be one of the minutes on 60 Minutes. You're great at your job. And then he crosses the fucking line, as he does, and says, just because he's paying a lot of money doesn't mean you need to put out. Take it slow. Gross. What a gross thing to say to your friend. Just clearly so jealous, and he's like, don't fuck somebody else, even though you're not with me. Right. And here, Carter and Craig said that, um, apparently, Josh Radner told them, because they were like, wow, you're, like, good at acting drunk. Like, it's not over the top. Because usually, you can only stand, like, five seconds of somebody doing that yeah before it's too much and apparently he learned uh josh radner learned in an acting class that drunk people don't act drunk they try to act sober so you have to 
try and oh that's weird you yeah know, act like a drunk person trying to like keep their shit together so it's always like over pronounced you know yeah like I remember when we were drunk together one time before the stop and shop bathroom I used another bathroom we cut through like a pizza place yeah I remember that and I remember vaguely. like trying to walk really straight because I was like oh my god if you swerve like the cops play will know. Cool. yeah play cool there were no cops but I was 18 no. years old so I didn't know shit um so all I could think was like, hang up, Robin, hang up the phone. Yeah. Um, but Lily takes it before she can and Barney gives it back to him. So Ted grabs the phone. He's like, thank you for trusting me and seeing that this is what I should be doing. And he heads to the bathroom. Um, but he ends up at the jukebox instead. And I love how like you just it's on the cameras on Marshall and Lily. And you can just kind of see Ted's corduroy jacket in the background. Mm-hmm. And then the music starts and. Lily and Marshall perk up and they're like, oh, what a jam. What a sad a jam. Trick. Yeah. Like, oh, Ted. So this song is called Voices. Mm-hmm. And the first line is like exactly what he's doing. It says, you didn't know what you were looking for till you heard the voices in your ear. Yep. Calling her on the phones. So he knew exactly what the fuck he was doing. And I think like. For me, when I saw William Marshall's reaction, like, this is a thing Ted has done. Yeah. Like, this is like, his, this is his, like, uh, sad song. Yeah. Like, oh. Oh, cheap, Ted, cheap no. trick again. Fuck. Yeah. This is not going to be a good night. No, it's not. And, you know, Ted gets up on the table and does a, this awful little, like, bop. Yeah. Like, you know? That's definitely a Ted dance move. Yeah. His bop is, is, uh, iconic. Not in the, not, a, not in a good way. Kind of like Elaine Bennis and her little kicks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her tiny kicks. Um, yeah, so then he's, like, singing along and then falls over. And Ted's like, oh, so that explains the ankle. Mm-hmm. And Lily tells him, she goes, and then we put you to bed. And Ted's like, was there anyone else in there with me? Eesh. So they run over there, and that's what this starts, like, the running gag of, People yeah. looking in and then being like, there's a girl in there. Like, he doesn't know. Right. So they run in and there's clearly a brunette woman in his bed and a pineapple. And the pineapple. And the pineapple, which, you know, no one apparently really remarks on except for Marshall. Mm-hmm. He's like, because like, that is really the most out of place thing. Hey, hookups happen. What say. the F's the pineapple about? Why? How is there a pineapple? I'm right? with Marshall. So, Team Marshall on this. Yeah. So, you know. The plot thickens, like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. They don't know what happened. So Ted grabs that jacket and discovers that the back is burned. Real bad. And so Lily has this great line. She's like, that girl in there is alive, right? <laughs> I love that one. I wrote that one <laughs> Me down. Too. Me too. Because, her. like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. So Ted's like, you know what? Let me call Barney. Maybe, maybe, maybe he knows he what knows. happened. Yeah. And so he dials, and then they realize that the calls are coming from inside the house. I wrote that down. <gasps> you ah, did. Yeah. Of course. Oh, of course you did. Um, and they find Barney sleeping in the bathtub because obviously porcelain doesn't uh, wrinkle the soup. Keeps it from wrinkling. Uh, that was a Neil Patrick Harris original line. He wrote that. <gasps> really? Yeah. Yep. God, he's So funny. good. Fuck yeah. He really like, like just gets the subtle. character, right? Like he yeah. gets inside it. Oh, so good. He's so subtle too. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's really good. It's perfect. Yeah, I love him. Mm-hmm. Me too. And Marshall's like, what? 
how did you get in here? Mm-hmm. We put Dad to bed at one, and we cut to the bar, and Ted's rallied, and he's back, baby doll. <sighs> the baby doll. And then they do the Top Gun high five. Yep. And Barney is just so thrilled. He just is so pumped. Like, mm-hmm. Ted's back. Marshall and Lily aren't around to ruin all the fun. And so he's like, all right, let's go. And so he's thoroughly Barney... tipsy, too. Oh, like yeah. it's the end of the night. There's people there, but it's, like, thinned it's out. It's thinned out. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as, as we find out more of the story, the crowd gets thinner and thinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so Barney spots a girl and does a have you met Ted, mm-hmm. only to turn around, turn around, bleh, Mm-hmm. And find that Ted is calling Robin. And now Barney sees that it's a problem. Like, now he sees that it's not just okay. like something that Ted is pursuing. He's he's fixated and shouldn't be. Right. Yeah. And he says, as your mentor and spiritual, spiritual guide, mm-hmm. I forbid you from doing that. And so Ted decides he's got big balls. Like, what? Yeah. And so Barney tells him, if you complete that call, I will set your coat on fire. Carter Bay said that he set Craig on fire once. He's like, all of this really happened. I don't, but he was very sarcastic no throughout the entire commentary. So there are a couple places where I wrote down what he said, but it could be false. But he said he set Craig on fire once. He said all of these stories are true. So hmm. we'll never Interesting. know. Yeah. yeah. And, but we know that this is true. Of course. Barney really did set Ted on fire because of the future. And so Robin answered the phone. And this pissed me off because she says, Ted, for the last time, stop fucking calling her. But also stop answering. Stop answering. Put that shit on silent, bitch. You're on a date. Just turn it off. You're it's, at like a it's really 2005. Yeah. You have a, like a low budget phone. It's not like yeah. you're looking at stuff. Yeah. Like, why do you need it's, your phone on? You gotta look at the fresh screensaver. Come on. But maybe that means that there's a little something there. And it's like, if Ted's calling, I need to pick up because I care about him and something might be wrong. You know? I guess so. But I mean, there's clearly like something lingering, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. She's not, like she had said she had feelings for him, but didn't want the same thing. So. Right, right, right. So then Ted asks like, all right, well, who's that girl? And Barney's like, what? And then he runs in and it's like, oh my God, there's a girl in the bed. (laughs) And Marshall is like outraged, like, and a pineapple. Am I the only one who cares about that? <laughs> and I love, like, nobody even uh, acknowledges really what Marshall is saying about the pineapple. Like, it's just, it's just he's m- the only one. Marshall White noise of yes. conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, so, you know, Ted then is going to decide to check his body, make sure he's not burned because he's like, what the fuck else happened? You know, yeah. I burned my coat. Am I am I burned anywhere else? And notices a message written on his arm mm. with a number. A phone number. <laughs> yes, a phone number they don't recognize. Mm-hmm. And it says like something like, "Hi, I'm Ted. If I'm lost, please call." And then there's a number there, and they decide Ted has to call the number, find out who wrote it. Maybe somebody else can offer another piece of the story, but not before Marshall can get popcorn. Yeah, man after my own heart. You know, priorities. These snacks for this ad- adventure. Yeah. Around. Food first. We cut back from the snack break, and Ted calls the number, and at first, sort of a gruff voice answers, so you're like, oh my god, where did Ted end up last night? (laughs) But then it turns out, it's Carl, from the bar. Even after Ted called him bitch and said he was a vampire, Carl still 
still help them out. So Barney puts Ted to bed. Ted goes out again, goes back downstairs. Um, I'm back, baby doll. And there's like nobody there. It's like very, very late. End of the night. Uh, maybe like six or seven people in the whole place. And Ted runs to puke. And present day Ted is pissed. Because he broke his streak. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he was vomit three since 93. Yeah. He thinks he broke the streak because we don't know the bathroom story yet. That piece of it. Um, <clears throat> he talks to Carl when he gets back from the bathroom and randomly knows what karaoke means in Japanese. Did you say karaoke? Karaoke? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Karaoke. Oh. Karaoke. So he knows what karaoke means. Um, <laughs> And then, again, asks him if he's a vampire. And then, uh, once he does that, Carl's like, all right, I'm cutting you off. And this is another one of my favorite lines when he says, yeah, sun's going to come up soon. Wouldn't want to be around for that. <laughs> and it's it's delivered, like, so perfectly. Cause, he thinks he's got him. Right. And, like, when you said, you know, drunk people don't act drunk, they try to act sober. Like, mm-hmm. he's, like... Like, oh, yeah, I got it all figured out. I'm on to you, pal. Just the look, the way the line's delivered, it just cracks me up every time. Such a good one. Then he tells Carl he has to see some penguins, like, right now. Right now. This was, like, very good, Ted. He did a really good job with this, um, with his being drunk stuff. Uh, So Carl writes his number and the message on his arm. Like a good dude. Like a good dude. Yeah, man. Um and then as he's he's like writing and talking to him, he's like he starts saying stuff about Robin. Like we can't we can't be friends. We can't just be friends. You know? We're attracted and yeah, we know. Yeah, we're attracted to each other. It's like it's you know it's destiny, right? And actually at that point, uh Carter Bays said that this whole show is about the battle of free will versus destiny. Like oh. can you really make things happen in your life or is it all just predetermined? Um, he said, yeah, there's a lot of pee, vomit, and philosophy in this show. So <laughs> Pee, vomit, and philosophy. Yeah, yeah. All right. And yeah, I just wrote down, I love how this episode messes with time and fills things in out of order. And you always think you have the final piece of the puzzle, and then you don't, which right. you see just in this upcoming little moment. Um, you flash back to present day, and you're like, oh my god, of course, I called Robin when I called somebody from the bar. Yeah, um, of course. Of course it's Robin. Uh, but then... Also, holy shit, there's a brunette woman in his bed. Yeah. It's Robin. Yeah, it's got to be Robin. Of course, Barney requests a high five for landing Robin. And Barney's looking extremely tan and blonde. Did you notice that? <laughs> I feel like the whole first season, like, he's... Real frosted his, out, right? Yeah, yeah. So he requests a high five, and then Lily gives him one, too. And But, you know, Ted's like, all right, we can't celebrate yet. I mean, this is like a... this is kind of a big thing like we're friends and this has happened and um marshall agrees and says you know you've been down this road before and you got got pretty dinged up mm-hmm. as you as he says and you know you should think about it and you know think about what this means and finally lily says you know if you want to talk about what this means you might want to fucking talk to robin the other half of us talk to the woman situation. about situation you know, yeah this. this is both of you and uh, Barney or well, Ted says, you know, I don't even know what to say. And there's like a beat, and then Barney just says, "Daddy's home." <laughs> and every time I've watched this with Liz, she dies at that part. 
Like she's now seen it like at least four times and yeah. she busts out every time. She's like, it's just, it's like so inappropriate in the moment. And he just, yeah, it is. You know, he's so good with that. So yeah. So then he, he goes to wake up Robin. And as he's on his way to wake up Robin, Robin calls him on the phone and cut to black. <laughs> yeah. So he like sneaks out of the room and takes the phone call and he's like, hey, Robin. And Robin says, you know, we need to talk about all this crazy shit that Mm -hmm. you pulled last night. Good for her. Do you mind if I'm coming, if I come over? And she's in a cab, so she's already on her way. (laughs) She moves business. uh, Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, sure, Robin. And Zoe's like, wait, we have to find out who that girl is. And then we see someone. Oh, but also Marshall wants her to ask oh. Robin about the pineapple. Find out about the, the goddamn pineapple. <laughs> and Ted doesn't ask. Yeah. Ask her if she knows about the pineapple. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. How could I forget that? Um, but yeah, so the girl walks out of the bedroom and says, oh, it's Trudy. Poor Trudy. My name is Trudy. A.K.A. Winnie Cooper. Winnie Cooper. Danica McKellar. Yeah, dude. Every, like, late 80s child dream girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like man. if you didn't, if you are in love with Winnie Cooper, you wanted to be like Winnie Cooper. Heck yeah, I think. Yeah. So the Wonder Years, kids. Um, <laughs> Classic. Now I feel like I'm future Ted. Kids. Oh my god. In the '80s, there was a show called The Wonder Years. It was just an amazing show, um, and it was mm-hmm. actually similar to How I Met Your Mother, where the future narrator narrated yeah. the past. You're right. Like the grown-up version narrated the past. Um, and so she was like the main character's like heartthrob growing up. The girl next door, mm-hmm. like the girl next door, is Winnie Cooper. Yeah, you know what I mean. She was replaced later on by like Donna from that '70s show. I would say, as far as like the girl or next door thing, right? Joey Potter. Oh yes, 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 Joey Potter. Dawson's as well. Creek. Very true. We obviously watch different things. Yeah. Um, when you said Donna, I immediately thought Donna Martin, and I was just like, oh. No, Donna Pinciotti. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but also Danica is a huge math nerd. Math nerd. Yeah, she's a theorem, yeah. like partly yeah. named after her. Yeah, and she's written all kinds of um, like math books for kids, like really cool. Like she's like very big into, uh, I think like empowering young girls and being smart and not being afraid of math and and all yeah. that, which is great. And one of them is like, how to pass algebra without breaking a nail. And I was like, mm. <laughs> It's like an American okay. Girls book. Yeah. But you know what? Good for her. She's also in a shitload of Hallmark movies, Caitlin. <laughs> Don't I know it. <laughs> I wrote Caitlin, LOL, when I saw that. <gasps> she's great. She's in a, she's in oh, a, a she's awesome. Christmas one with a... <laughs> of course you've fucking seen them. Of course you have. Oh All right. Anyway, back to the show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she plays a maid and gets fired. Do you want to just, do you want to take a no, moment? No, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> so um, she walks down and says, my name is Trudy. And Trudy fills us in on all of the things that we have been missing. No she's, one else yeah, knows. she's the missing piece <clears throat> and is able to kind of assemble the puzzle for them. And, uh. It turns out mm-hmm. she was there for all the crazy bar shit, including Daddy's home. She was half. She boob. was half boob, right? <laughs> so when 
Barney suggests that he go in there and say daddy's home, it's like even a little bit funnier because it turns out it was the same girl he used that line on. Yeah, you start you see the whole night from, from her perspective. Yep. And right before Barney walks up, you know, she's talking about how she had she just had a breakup and they were together for two years and she's gonna sleep with the next guy she sees and then Barney comes up and it's like eh, maybe not him. But she sees Ted <laughs> and thinks he's just adorable. Um she watches him get drunk and sing karaoke and fall. Um, she's oh, we find out that Barney didn't actually get anyone's real oh, number. Yeah, duh. yeah, he totally made it up to try and show Ted that you, if you don't overthink, things just happen. But he just made up a girl's name and wrote seven numbers down. Yeah. All the little pieces that He's Barney so never crafty. thought he'd get. I know. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we see that Trudy is in the bathroom because when. Carl is telling the story and Ted runs out to go to the bathroom. He actually runs into the women's room and comes mm-hmm. out and Trudy's there. And Trudy's actually the <laughs> one who told him what karaoke means. And she and then that's also when realizes the when Ted realizes he didn't throw up. So he's still vomit free since ninety three. Since ninety three. The streak continues. And uh, Trudy tells him that she loved his performance and she's jealous of Ted because mm. of how he was acting so kind of carefree and didn't really care if he was doing something stupid, which is so funny because it's really the exact opposite of of who Ted is. So true, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, she says she's had a serious week and <clears throat> maybe she should just do something stupid. So she gives him her number. I'm something stupid. Do me. Yeah. Oh, he's a little endearing when he's this drunk. Like earlier drunk when he was calling. Robin I know. I'm just cringing thinking about it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, like yeah. I was there, but like in the moment watching it, it was, it was adorable. Yeah, because she was tipsy oh, too. Yeah. So I mean, that dress she was sense. wearing. Oof. I know, brown on brown, brown sequins. You had to be a little drunk to wear something as terrible. Yeah, was uh, Yeah, was uh, Um. So, yeah, so it turns out when Ted was making that last phone call at the bar, it was to Trudy, not to, to Robin. And Trudy's like, and now I'm embarrassed. And, like, I've, I've really felt for her. And, you know, Marshall has this great line, damn it, Trudy, what about the pineapple? Because he is so unsatisfied. <laughs> um, yep. But I felt bad for her. The best part, though, is that immediately after he says it, he's like, sorry, sorry. Yeah. It's like he knew, he knew. that he was just out of control about this pineapple. But really? It's, it's taking over Damn his it, life. <laughs> he's like Stabler on SVU. I love you know? it. Yeah. Just too invested. Just too Slamming invested his in the job. The... <laughs> Running his hands through his hair. It's like, Stabler, get out here. Love. Going too far. Um, so... Another thing that Carter Bay said that might have been sarcastic is that they actually wanted originally to name this episode The Empty Orchestra. Oh. But I don't know if it's true. I like the pineapple incident way more. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. And I love, you um, know, of course, that's what Marshall calls it, the pineapple incident. Yeah, of course, of course. And actually, uh, they did also talk about, damn it, Trudy, what about the pineapple being the best line in the yeah. show, like in this episode. Um, and that they try every episode to give every character a drive, mm. even if it's something small or simple. So every character needs to want something. 
Um, so here, Marshall wants the fucking wants to know about the pineapple and he wants some popcorn. Like, that's it. And, <laughs> and like, if, if they can manage to do that, it's great. Yeah, yeah. So I love that. Yeah, right. So look for that. Like, think about what the drive is of every character in, in the episode. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Like Barney's drive is to show Ted that um, you got to do stuff. You got to make things happen for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, Ted's just trying to get to Robin yeah. as usual. Speaking of, yeah. speaking of Robin, there she is. There she is. Yeah, Robin knocks, and uh, Ted tells Trudy to hide. Like he's a freaking teenager, just so rude. It pissed me off. Um, yeah, that was just that was just a very bad decision. But he's very hungover, and he had a he really just can't night, deal with so. it. Oh yeah, there's just a lot going on. So uh, Ted apologizes, and Robin's like, "Yeah, but we need to talk. It's not just about." You can't just apologize this away. Um, and Marshall and Lily drag Barney into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. He tries to stay for the for the convo. Um, and at first, Ted tries to shrug it off and act like it was really funny what he was doing. And she's like, no, it was really inappropriate. And he's like, well, come on, how bad could it be? And she plays him this like oh. very cringy message of him making this sound until she comes hang out, comes to hang out. Which is like three and a half minutes long. Um, and she's clearly just fed up. She's like, you know, I thought we were over this. You, you're just confusing things again. I thought we were supposed to be friends. But, I mean, you can tell that it's not just annoying her. It's confusing. Yeah. Her, right? Like, she still has feelings for him. So this is making it more difficult for them to just Way be friends. more complicated. Yeah. So it kind of ratchets up there back and forth a little bit and he tries to be really aloof about it and says you know i don't know what you're talking about you've moved on i've moved on and she totally doesn't believe him Mm -hmm. obviously who would after all those calls last night and now he wants to show her trudy now he wants to use this other girl that he's just shoved into his bedroom Mm -hmm. and she says you were with someone last night and it's it's a little bit of a hurt there right because like like what you were calling me this whole time, but there was another woman. Like, that's fucked yeah. up. So Trudy doesn't answer the door. Uh, so Ted just opens it and goes in with Robin. And it's pretty clear from the way he looks around that the poor girl has climbed down the fire escape. Oh, I just... <laughs> so, sad. so sad. Poor Trudy. That's like the worst walk of shame. It, down a fucking fire in escape a really in bad New York <laughs> In a real bad dress. The worst. Mm-hmm. In the light of day. Woof. Um, so Robin goes up and shakes the pineapple's hand. Hi, Trudy. Introduces herself to Trudy. And of course, Ted's just like, well, I don't care what you think. You don't have to believe me. Ugh. She's like, okay, well, if you don't care, then why did you try to hide her right. from me? Um, and the song that swells up in the background is a cover of Voices by Cheap Trick. So that comes mm-hmm. back around. Um, you know, and clearly like the, the embarrassment is caught up with him. And she's just like, get some sleep. Yeah. And he lays down, and uh, we find out that he tried to call Trudy, but she never called him back. Good for her. Good, good for her. Good for her. That was terrible. And he said, you know, sometimes all you're left with is a bad hangover and a sprained ankle. And then we see them eating some delicious pineapple. Yep. And a final note about that scene is um, <laughs> Carter and Craig say, if you go back and watch it, that fi- very final scene where he lays back on the bed, it's like it cuts him off at the midsection. Mm-hmm. So he has both his hands over his head, but then he puts his left hand down, like probably on his lower stomach, but it looks like 
he's gonna touch his ding dong yep. and like that happens as he's like looking back up at the pineapple so it's like he's about to like oh. jerk off while looking at the pineapple for a so second gross. definitely never caught that before because it's a pretty quick scene so but now once you see it you can't unsee it um and yeah. one thing they say too at the end is that we never found out where the pineapple came from but it was delicious and I was reading something yeah. and uh, Carter had said that the show has been a learning process and that with the env- with that episode the fact that they wrote that was a learning experience for them that they never should have said something like that so definitive they should have really kind of left it more open and we do know what happened to the pineapple we do but we can't tell you yet no spoilers. We do know where that pineapple came from, but we can't tell you yet because you might be watching this for the first time. So um, that would be why Carter says he wrote himself into a corner mm-hmm. by saying we never found out because they did eventually end up telling us. Right. So. And that also might not be the last time we see Trudy. Who can say? Who can say, friends? Winnie Cooper may return. She may not. We'll have to find dun, out. Dun, dun, dun. So what did you think of the pineapple incident? Oh, here? love. Love. Classic. So good. Um, I love, like, just how you said, it's really like a kind of a quintessential mm-hmm. I Met Your Mother episode, the way they play with time and all the different story elements kind of coming together to give mm-hmm. you a clear picture. Um, it was really funny. And then just all those little funny lines peppered throughout. Yeah, I mean, it felt like a very fast and small episode. Because the whole thing takes place basically in the apartment. And there's one Mm storyline. Like, they're all invested in the one storyline about Ted. Um, And I prefer the bigger stories. It's like five different stories happening. Because you get to, like, know a lot more about every character. And it kind of moves everybody forward. But it is good to sort of... And this kind of was a mix of that, too. You know what I mean? Like, it was really one story, but told from so many different perspectives. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't feel, it did feel stagnant at all, but it felt like the episode went really quickly, and there weren't really scenes, right? right? It was just all, like, one, it was just, like, one long day in the apartment, Mm -hmm. um, which is, which is different than the last few events, so... It was nice to have Carter back mm-hmm. as the as the head writer for this episode, and you can really tell when they're in charge. Yeah, agreed. It's like very authoritative in a good way, um, and it's like, hey, remember, Robin is still hovering around. We wanted to remind Don't you. Don't forget. You know, Ted's been having fun the past few episodes, but he hasn't forgotten about her. Um, and the whole thing about like, you know, overthinking versus just doing, mm-hmm. and it's like another Liberty Bell episode, right? Being more spontaneous and yeah, like the two sides of the coin. Yeah, yeah. We have a legendary moment from one of our fans for this episode. We do, we do. So this legendary moment is from our number one fan, Miranda. Hi, Miranda. Hey, Miranda. Hey, girl. So Miranda sends us her legendary moment via email. And she says, oh, my God, yes, finally, one of my favorite episodes. Legendary moment. Hmm. It's so hard. That's what she said. She just gets us, Kate. (laughs) Nailed Nailed it. it. Uh, I'm always going to think of Barney sleeping in the tub. Don't want to wrinkle the suit. On my list of favorite characters, Ted is dead middle. He can be great one moment, (laughs) horrible the next. But this one cracks me up. They get him drunk, and he just... Let's go. Second moment would be Ted and Carl's conversation in the bar when he writes his number on his arm. 
That's a good yeah. one. Those are really good. And Ted right? is, uh, he fluctuates from being dead last to dead middle for me sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You can tell. Yeah. Uh, and then so Miranda finishes up. On a side note, Miss Kate, love having your wife on the podcast. Not that I don't enjoy the banter with Caitlin and yourself. I'm glad Aww. she can step in when needed. And thanks, Teeny is gross. I tried it for this episode. Oh, girl. Oh, girl. She tried the thanks, oh. Teeny. You are, with the you bullion are braver cube? than we are. Oh, Mm-mm. That bouillon cube, though. Ooh. Thank you for taking the hit for yeah. us because we were not about to try that. I probably would have tried the Red Dragon. Me too. The recipe. Absolutely. I was thinking about it. I was like, maybe I should yeah. look it up. And I was like, do I really want to do a shot? <gasps> we should have done five shots and then recorded the episode. <laughs> Yowza. No, just kidding. Um, and maybe, maybe someday, but not today. I also really enjoyed hearing Liz on the podcast. For oh, sure. Good. Um, I really enjoyed it. Well, it was perfect. For it the, was. That she, for, you know, she's from the Midwest mm-hmm. and we literally just went to Thanksgiving um, in the Midwest. So, yeah, I, I definitely related to Lily and she definitely relates to Marshall. So she will be back as our um, Midwestern color commentator. All right. So what was your legendary um, moment? I loved the pineapple. All of Marshall's lines about the pineapple, I think. Like, those are most of his lines were just, like, about vampires and pineapples. Um, Normal. Be- it was, it's a toss-up between that whole storyline and when Barney says, I love it, I love it, I love it. <laughs> Good one. I love that. How about you? What was your legendary moment? Um, well, I mean, damn it, Trudy, what about the pineapple is just, like, a classic. Mm-hmm. It re- it's great. <laughs> That's, like, really the legendary yeah. line um, of the show. But I also just loved Ted's interactions with Carl. Yeah. <laughs> And this, and I love like the backstory of Carl. Oh my God! Like, of how he came to be, right? What a good showed dude. up in his own outfit, just so sweet. I know. Um, but I just love. I drank all five, bitch. That might be, <laughs> might be my fave. This was this was a really fun episode. Our tenth. Fun to talk about our tenth episode. We've done ten episodes. Um, we hit a thousand listens this Woo-hoo, week. Thanks, friends. On, yeah, and that's just on SoundCloud. So who knows what's going on over on iTunes? They don't really tell us. So thank you, everybody, for listening and also for sharing us with your friends. Um, we're probably going to hit 200 followers on Twitter soon. What? Yeah, dude. So I know it's some <laughs> compared to the other podcasts I listen to, that's a teeny tiny number. But oh, we so love small. each and every one of you. Mm-hmm. We love you all. And we're so grateful because this is, you know, this is our joy. We enjoy doing yeah. this. So it's fun I know, to know I missed that you last people week. are out there. I know, I missed you too. Mm. (laughs) So we'll see you guys next week for The Limo, another great episode. Which means we've almost caught up because it's New Year's and we're, it's just January 2nd today. Good for us. Yeah, because they didn't do a Christmas episode, so we've almost caught up with the year. Nice. With the chronology, yeah. Good for us. Yeah. Um, So... You know, if you have a legendary moment that you would like to send us from the limo or any other upcoming episode, you can email us at heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. And thanks and thanks again to Allie and Miranda for sending us. Oh my us. god, you girls are the best. Thank you so, so cool. much. We're we're over the moon. Yes. Over the moon. Yeah. Uh, and you know, act you know, just everyone, thanks for listening. Remember we post new recaps every Thursday or mostly every Thursday. Uh, yeah. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. 
Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, find us on Twitter, Facebook. Kate is amazing at all things social media. She's <laughs> a goddess, a funny goddess. Come chat with me there. Yeah. But not about Logan Paul. I'm done talking about I'm him. Done with that. We hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gordon and Caitlin Turner. Our intro outro music is by Owl All. Wait, don't read that part. (laughs) Okay, thanks.